welcome to episode five of season four from Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcaster for all LARPers. I'm your host, Martin, and we will be talking about live action roleplay events and experiences. Throughout this series, we will talk about specific LARP and also more general topics surrounding LARP. Uh, this episode will look at the Italian LARP company Chaos League. Chaos League is a LARP company known for its Southern Way New Italian style LARP and for the games Bunker 101, Expedition Sahara, The Secrets We Keep, and others. Before we step into this topic, I'd like to take a moment to thank Feedspot, which is a blogging site for including From Adventure to Innkeeper as one of the top five LARP podcasts to listen to for 2023. Their list is a good one, and I can recommend all the podcasts on it, with, of course, a major bias toward this one, which is currently in the number three spot. Their website is blog.feedspot.com, and the top five lists can be found at blog.feedspot.com backslash LARP underscore podcasts. This show is for both new LARPers through to seasoned veterans, and we will be implementing a scale to let you know the main focus of the episode. Episodes air every odd month, so January, March, May, July, September, November, and are approximately one to two hours in length. Every episode is for everyone, but some will focus more on issues which resonate with one group or another. As such, we have a scale, which will tell you the focus of the topics, and possibly the depths of some of the various bogs and dungeons we're going to be wading into. The scale for this episode will be Established Hero, as it's aimed mainly at those who both play uh, LARP, um, but also those who create it. Um, you've played LARP before, you're generally familiar with how LARP work, and you've either helped run LARP or you run LARP. <laughs> um, we will, however, be covering topics in this episode that relate, to le uh, relate directly to all players, so I hope that everyone will find this episode useful to them. Um, as this episode covers uh, issues more directed at, at creators, I've arranged to have a guest with me live to help discuss their thoughts on Chaos League. Uh, so with me today, I have Alessandro, the head of Chaos League from Italy. So thank you, Alessandro, for uh, joining me today. Um, thank you, Martin. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. My pleasure. Uh, so before we begin an open discussion, let me first ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your involvement with LARP. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Alessandro. I'm an Italian game designer and immersive event organizer. I am one of the founders of the LARP collective Chaos League. I am a RPG enthusiast. I started as a child with uh, tabletop RPGs and then LARP and other or ludic format. I'm also a lecturer and a researcher, and I think that games and LARP can connect people in a strong and deep way, and this can generate a positive change in people and possibly also in society. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, so to ensure that we're all on the same page for the purpose of our conversation and for our listeners, I'm just going to briefly define what specifically we're talking about today. So we're going to be discussing Chaos League, a LARP company based out of Italy, which runs Blockbuster LARP in various locations globally, but primarily focusing on Italy itself. Um, so now that we're hopefully all on the same page, I'm going to open this up to my guests so that we can begin delving a little bit deeper into this aspect of LARP. So could you tell us, Alessandro, how Chaos League came about? What was your motivation for setting it up? So the Chaos League was started by a group of very young friends. I was one of them. And originally we came all from the same 
small town in the south center of Italy, which is called Pescara, is on the Adriatic coast. And after years of playing together in 1992, some of us were very young, we created what we can say our own Hellfire Club here, you know, the, the club, the local club for playing role playing games. Then we discover LARP and we have never stopped since. So the first motivation uh, was being together and filling our days with adventures and deep experience because the town didn't have that much to offer at the time. So uh, moving forward, because, you know, this this activity, this chaosly group uh, grow up with us. So then we move to high school and then we move in other town for university. And then we, some of us are back here, some are still here and there. But we realized that basically that LARP could be transformative and impact uh, also on deeper levels. So we went on and on and these things became more adult as we became more adult. Well, excellent. So, so what what can you tell us about how Chaos League is is currently organized? So we have a structure of a collective, and therefore we are quite fluid. Uh, I cannot tell you exactly how many we are because it's not easy for me to count who we are because sometimes people take breaks and sometimes people come in, uh, and not everyone is on every project. Uh, but there are many times where we met to compare all together. Uh, we give and receive advices, and what is most important, we decide together on the future of Coast League and what kind of project we want to do. We use this collective assembly to make decisions which are never made individually. Uh, our militancy also in political co collectives has given us the experience and motivation to give everyone equal weight during the creative process and beyond. So I don't know how exportable this model is for other groups, but for us is the best we can find. Fantastic. So you run a LARP style called the Southern Way New Italian LARP style. Um, is this something that, that Chaos League developed or was this something that you adopted from from outside so the new italian larp southern wayne manifesto was written by us in 2016 but it's a formalization let's say of practices and principles we have been using for years so from this point of view it's a kind of retro engineer and put on paper what was already into practice so we felt the need to write the manifesto for two main reasons. The first is that we were opening up to an international and broader audience, and we felt the need to communicate our style to players that didn't know us at the time. And the second reason is because we have already related to other artists, writers, musicians, actors, or intellectuals. And so this helped us to contaminate LARP with other arts. So this was also a way to work out on on our own aesthetic agenda so this manifesto is the larp um, uh, section of a broader manifesto which is made by a collective of writer an italian collector of writer that is also known uh, all across the world which is called booming which is the chinese um, expression to say no name because they are an, an anonymous collective and they came up with this manifesto which was called the new italian epic 
and we say maybe we are doing something similar to LARP, so we connect with them, we work with them, and basically the manifesto is important to us because it's what characterizes us and we strive to be honest because we also commit in this manifesto there is two parts one part is like what we do and the other part is what we promise to do to our player and with our player and so uh, this manifesto has some important point in connection with more international i've seen with other nordic club um, uh, event so it's not completely different for everything but it's like the way to say we are here, we are uh, like something is in common, something is very personal. And so we can say that all the Chaos League LARPs since today, um, also today, are done in this Southern Way style. So how, how, would, how would you describe um, the, the, the Southern Way style to those people who aren't familiar with it? Uh, so the idea is to um, uh, explain that there are some that the dif not the difference but the relationship between uh, reality and LARP and try to um, uh, make people aware or or say our opinion about the fact that they are not that different and that we need to compromise with LARP. So safety is super important. We are not at all saying that we don't have to uh, to have safety but we also think that to have a an exp a larp experience that go uh, where designer want to go at least in our case you need to take risks of course those those risks has to be calculated and you have to have everything in place to avoid a uh, hard situation or people getting really um, hard in real life but at the same time we cannot um, say that we need to be uh, you know to, to, to be distant from the LARP and from the experience. So you really have to dip, to dig, uh, dive into the experience, having, of course, the tool. And I think some of that uh, came also from, you know, the theater tradition from uh, Greek and Latin, which is part of our background. So we try to put also our culture to be inside it, to participate in the international LARP discussion, but with our own culture and background so put something different on the table and mix up with the other instead of conform with some sort of international standards that in the end can take the risk of, of being nothing because it's too neutral so we need to say how cloud who we are but also what we can learn from the other and what we can offer excellent so are are all the larp that chaos league run um using the southern the southern way um italian style yes as i said before but thank you for asking because why speaking and thinking and of course this thing is changing because um you know from 2016 to today is is several years have passed and we have learned a lot we have uh, played with different organizer with different people and some different pe people from different background come and play to our LARP. So we are in a constant, constant uh, process of learning and teaching each other. So I think uh, today I will write a manifesto with some, of course, something different because of this experience. So now this manifesto is an historical point of view and is still our roots, but uh, we are still doing things in this style, but being open to contamination with the other. Okay. Um, so when, 
well, okay. Let me let, let let me ask another question first. Actually, uh, what was the first LARP that Chaos League ran? Oh, uh, let me think. The first LARP we did, I think, was a fantasy LARP in the hood near our town. I cannot remember the name of this LARP. Uh, I think it was around 1992, 1993. Uh, I remember something like no one of us had a driver license at the time so we went there by public transportation and we are already in costume and we're already talking about the game and what we wanted to do so i remember the excitement and the sense of wonder uh, but on the other end i don't have any memories uh, many memories about the story the details however what stuck in my memory was the emotional impact uh, right from the beginning, we were playing to explore our character and their stories and their emotion. And it was super exciting. It's so different from what we experienced so far. So when we then refined that inside in, a, in later LARP, we say, oh, what about develop this aspect more? So we did an horror LARP after this one and was called the strange case of Professor Petri. And for the first time, we worked on an adequate number of participants not that much to have more atmosphere so we work on the atmosphere and we eliminated rules that made the game for us at the time too much similar to a tabletop opening game so i think this was the the second part of the 90s was where we start to forge our own style coming from the more traditional art but then try to uh, stress on the traditional form what was us what was new for us and exciting for us so I think this was the first uh, fantasy LARP that became a horror LARP. And then we organized so many one-shot LARP in so many different settings. But I think part of the spirit is already there. Okay, so that that brings us then to the question of, of what was your, what, what's been your most recent LARP? Uh, the last one we played um, was uh, Miskatonic University. Uh, which we will run again in uh, some weeks for the seventh and last reiteration for this year is the story of a group of students and professor is set in the world of Cthulhu Mythos and the age is 1924 and a mysterious sarcophagus is found on the campus. So uh, the investigation and the campus life and some moment of psychological horror are the main ingredient of this LARP, which is for last a weekend for 113 player and is a lab to which we are very attached it takes place in the beautiful klitschko castle in poland and it was a huge success uh, almost 800 players sign up so we had to arrange uh, seven different runs and is one of the i think most remarkable achievement of an international art in recent year at least here in europe being able to open seven run in a row and the feedback also is very positive so players are very happy about the larp of course we are tuning from a run to another because it's also the cool thing about doing a larp several times and um, so in some weeks will be the last uh, reiteration in program but i really hope to play that again in the future so this um so this specific one, uh, since I I know that that expedition Sahara also takes place in that in that Cthulhu Miso, mythos sort of realm, um, do the two LARPs um, 
do do they share a common sort of story? Is there a connection between the two, or or are they two completely separate separate events? And and if you haven't done one, you can easily do the other, um, or 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 vice versa. They are connected uh, because they are in the fiction. They are um, ten years separated in history. So basically. You can imagine Miskatonic as a prequel of Sarah Expedition. Basically, in Miskatonic, you do part of the investigation, and part of the result will be the core information for the Sarah Expedition. So basically, the expedition will go where you, as a professor or students at the Miskatonic, 10 years before, just discovered. So this is the link. There is always a Cthulhu mythos setting and atmosphere. That being said, you can play separately. You can play just one of, of the two, or you can also play the other way around. You can play Sarah and then Miskatoni because they are connected, but you you won't play the same character. So character are different, but storyline is consequential. So you can uh, switch from one to another or play whatever you prefer, whatever you feel like more to be into the wilderness, into the Sahara, or be in this huge, comfortable, amazing castle, or you can do both. Is, is up to the participant. A lot of people did both, sometimes in the right order, sometimes in the inverse order, and it, is, it, it doesn't uh, impact your experience. So as a LARP developer then, um, did Chaos League always intend to, to create the Miskatonic University LARP, or was that something that grew out of having done the Expedition Sahara LARP? Uh, it was after we, we had this idea since many, many, many years to play a LARP in the Sahara Desert. And uh, then uh, we were not sure whether people would be ready to sign up in this crazy adventure. So we wait for years and years and say, mm, maybe it's not the right moment. Maybe people won't, won't sign up. Maybe people are like scared to, do, to go so far to play a LARP. And then we say, look. It's time to just try. Give, let's give it a shot and we will see the result. And if people don't want, it's just over. If they want, we will play. So we just, it was 2018, we just published a post, uh, very cautious, where like, uh, if you like the idea to play as, 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 as our expedition LARP, just drop us a mail and say, I'm interested, no more than that. And we just dropped this message and after one hour, we had uh, 1,000 emails of people wanting to play. So we said, okay, we really should do that. So we started to work and then we go on location and we played in uh, 2020. And then COVID came and then we played another run in October uh, last year. And then we say, mm, this story is good. It's, we like it. People that play it like it is solid, is there is an atmosphere that is important themes because also we didn't want just to do a, a, a typical Thulu thing, but we want also that to connect that with the story. So there is important themes about history of humanity because the, those years, 1934, they are years that prepared the World War II and extremist politics it became important and economies also became difficult. So there is also the possibility of, of play about uh, themes that are very important to us. So after that, we say, OK, this story has more to tell. So what about playing in the same 
storyline, but doing something with a different angles. And so we we came up with the uh, the miscatonic love. Nice. Um, unfortunately, I, I I have not played miscatonic yet. I have been unable to do so just due to timing and work and all that fun stuff. But um, all the reviews I've seen coming out of it have been very good. So I'm I'm glad that that's working out. Um, so out out of all the LARP that Chaos League has run, which which has been the hardest to run? Uh, maybe is Bunker 101. It's a LARP inspired partly by Fallout, the video game, and partly from the 1950, the 50s, let's say, dystopian science fiction book or uh, work in general. We played in Italian and also international in 2017, 2000, no, 2018, and it tells the story of the last, let's say, bastion of humanity after we imagine the World War III explode. So someone pushed the red button and the world is no longer. So everything is devastated by radiation. So there is just this 100 people that are the inhabitants of the bunker is a kind of dystopia of the perfect, perfect society of the 50s. So uh, can you imagine, you know, how they dress like in the 50s and they want to have this kind of uh, happy, perfect life, but then they are underground in a real bunker and players take the roles of politician, military, artisan, scientist, um, uh, sport people. Uh, basically, is you in this LARP for three days, you live in a self-sufficient city in a real anti-atomic bunker near Rome, which is an amazing location. And um, the problem, what was hard, the lab was very good. The result was 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 fine, and we had amazing time. And we played this lab four times, and we hope to play that in the future. The first time, this was to answer to your question. The logistics were not easy at all. Um, it was also our first big international lab production, uh, so there were. Um, it was basically very physically hard for us to set up everything, to run the LARP and to spend all this time in the bunker and because we did several runs in a row. So today we would be able to do it again with greater logistical precision and be more wise. Uh, so we were happy with the result, but it was very hard to, to, to achieve it. Yeah, I, I could see how that would probably be the case with something like that. Um, so, so then I guess the, the corollary to that is, is out of all the LARP that you've run, which has been the most fun to run? Uh, I would say two LARP for two different reasons. Uh, one is, uh, the secrets we keep, which is not fun. We, if we speak about the teams is a friend reunion. It basically they are, um, is for 35 players. So it's a small LARP, it's an intimate LARP. And the idea is those people grow up together in the same orphanage, then they split up because one of them died at the time in a mysterious circumstances and they um, meet again 20 years after. And so the meeting has happened with when you meet your old friends for that you have, haven't seen in a long time is always this bittersweet feeling, you know, you share memories, you share good moments, but also melancholia, also old grudges and also, you know, uh, things that were not um, speak out loud about, this kind of stuff. Um, so it's a mixed feeling LARP. 
But what is cool is we play it. I put in the fun uh, category, not for the player experience, but more for the organizer experience because it's, it's easy to set up. Is very you don't need that much effort, and we play it 11 times. So we will play it also at, in in one month for the run number 11, and we play it. Uh, and this so it means that the crew are very familiar with the LARP. So it's also for us there is this double layer in the game. You play, you portray a friend reunion, but also for us the staff is a friend reunion because we are all friends and we make. We don't meet each other on a daily basis, not all of us. So also this LARP is a way also for us as human beings to to find your friend again. And also the the, the LARP run basically by itself. So this is very, is a, is a light art experience, even if the in-game is not light art at all. The other game that I would say is, is a chamber LARP we wrote. It's called Dinner at Grandpa's. And in this case, the... Uh, the team is very is very funny. Usually we we laugh a lot during this LARP. Each is set is a very short one. It's like for one hour long, for ten players. And is the situation is a family dinner. So it can be Christmas or Grandpa birthday, whatever. So the idea is to come at the table and reenact all the cliche and all the crazy or absurd stuff that happened during family dinner. I'm sure that a lot of us can relate with this. And it's a very light art game. And also um, for us, it's very important because we we are, of course, most known for our big LARP, but we also produce smaller LARP, like the secrets we keep, also chamber LARP, also tabletop LARP. So we really like to explore different formats. So tell me a little bit about that, actually, because I, I, I don't know as much about your, your smaller LARP. And, um, and, and I'm sure that, that, you know, a large percentage of my listeners, what they know about Chaos League is, is more of your blockbusters. So t tell us a little bit about your, your, smaller, uh, your smaller LARP and your chamber LARP. So the smaller LARP, I can name just one more. Of course, I, I talked already about the secrets we keep. Then we did Zoo. Uh, a Wall Street story, which is for uh, 40 player and is two day long. So it's, it's also shorter than the usual. And in this game, we portray a company of broker in the roaring 80s. And um, it's what is interesting in this LARP is played in two rooms. So we did a lot of work on the design to be able to have fun and to play with, with these people in, in such a smaller place because basically one place you have is the office so it's a lot of of desks and phone and stuff and then you have another room which is the meta techniques room it means that it's a room where when you go you are you can play in this room but you when you are in this room you are no longer your main character that you play all the larp so basically in this in this larp there is a lot of what is called meta techniques it means that small rules or small things you have to do in order to achieve things that you cannot achieve for example in reality i will give you a short example in part of this game and it's fun it was not it's it's, it's hard to, to to believe but it's very funny play, larping on the phone so basically every time you work in this game you you are trying to selling stock option by phone to someone so we have you have half of the player that are trying to sell uh, probably rotten uh, stock option to someone because you just have to have money, money, money. And then the other part of the player, they shift and they go in this uh, 
black box room, let's say, and they play the people on the other uh, side of the phone. So there are people that, that you are scamming, basically. So you have scam people, and then you have people that are being scammed. And then you switch. So the other shift, basically, who was the, the, the victim will try to scam you, and you were the scammer, and you passed to the victim, because we didn't want to glorify this, this uh, Wall Street inhuman uh, moment. So just to, to, to show you that we like to take different challenges in terms of designer. Going to Chamberlain, we produce uh, yes, Dreamer and Grandpa and several uh, and several other games. There is one I will briefly talk to you about. It's called First They Came. We, the idea behind this LARP on a format point of view is to have the most agile and smaller you can have. The first version is for three people and lasts half an hour. Uh, then we open a bit and now it's for three to five and last like one hour and a half. The idea is play it. You can play it everywhere because you just need to, to be sitting down on the floor, forming a small circle and have a blindfold or just close your eyes. Basically, players are playing the people that are undesirable for the Nazi regime because we play in Berlin 1942. And so for different reasons, so political, ethical, gender, uh, all the, the categories that were uh, that, that have persecution at the time. And so there is a soundtrack, the soundtrack, because basically you are hiding in the cellar because police just came into the building. So everyone is in the building as a reason to fear police is just going to the cellar and just in the attic, sorry, and just hide in the attic. So you play whispering, closed eyes, dark room, and there are the other people that are escaping like you. And so you go through the game to discover who is who, why you are there, and then talk about your story and see that everyone, uh, you know, first they came, came from this famous poem, you know, that means that we, we dictatorship take place when the body act, when solidarity is lacking. And the soundtrack provides you information, mood, and also uh, guide you through the game and what you have to play. So the idea is that uh, we can try, we can achieve deep game, emotionally important experience, even with small uh, elements like a room, three friends, and a loudspeaker. That actually sounds really interesting. Um, and I'm fascinated to, to, to hear about yeah. it. We did a Kickstarter. We did a Kickstarter for this game that went well, it was during the pandemic. So it's still available because we made a book out of this. So it's also very nice to have your, you know, your own game, uh, which is not usually uh, for this is mixed between LARP and tabletop, you know, the fact that it can travel and be played without you. So we are also very happy about this. That's actually very cool to sort of have a game that works both as a as a mini parlor LARP and, and also as a tabletop. I think that's that's really good design and, and really sort of well thought out there. So definitely that that's something I'll, I'll look into. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how, how do you select your venues? What, what's, what's sort of the driver behind, behind them? Is it, is it the LARP? Is it the venue? It is a mixture of many things. Uh, we came up with this it's not a, a method at all because it's quite chaotic uh, but let's say it's a mixture of online researches tips 
from friends. Sometimes we are uh, we receive um, message from location owners. Sometimes we just take the car and go around, or just say let's do a, a trip to discover here and there. But the key thing, the key things for us is that the location has a story to tell that is evocative and also suitable to host our experience. We are very selective about locations and we discard many locations until we found the one that speaks to us the most. So when it happens, it creates a kind of magic between the story, the character and the space that make us uh, say that Alarp has achieved its purpose. It's really, really um, an alchemy that, that we don't know exactly how to produce, but we, we are able to recognize when it happens and say, okay, this is the location. And most of the time, our idea comes from the location. Sometimes it's the, the other way around. You have an idea and then you go out and search for your location, but it can be problematic, of course. The other way around is easier, but uh, it's easier only if you really, really develop a good sense of uh, listening to the place you know because sometimes some plays are very nice but they are not playable or sometimes vice versa so basically if i have to sum up our uh, way to find location i would say a lot of different way to research uh, a lot of um hard judgment you so like very 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 selective and then see if the result, if your story and the place makes your art beat. If you feel it, you say, okay, this is the place. Have there been any venues that you've looked at, you thought you had a good idea, and then as you start putting the, the concept together, you're just like, yeah, no, this, this isn't quite the right venue, and you've had to go find others, or you've come to the conclusion that it's not the right venue and therefore you you didn't do the LARP? And are there any that, that in that case you regret not having done? There is, I can give you an example of something where the story and the location were not going together well. Uh, we had this idea uh, about um, a worldwide one story. Say, ah, we have a good story. Uh, and then we saw a location. We say, ah, this location looks nice on the internet. Let's just go and check it out in person we did it and i remember the feeling we were just there visiting with the owner and like after like not even 10 minutes we were like six or seven of us we just look each other in the eyes say the location is very cool but it's really not the location for this story it could be because you know the appearance of the location the style and the logistics everything was okay but there were this sort of uh, because there were a big dam, you know, with a lot of water not far from the location. And we say, look, this dam is so big, we cannot just ignore in the game or just put that as a background. This is the story. The dam is the, is the story more than the houses and the beautiful valley and bushes we have here. So we completely discard the story and we write another story that were site-specific. The game became New Atlantis, which, by the way, was our first international LARP. Uh, not the biggest one, but the first one we tried. We say, hey, guys, we are uh, this Italian organization. You want to play with us? And is that dystopian story about our society? Imagine that the, uh, 
a severe water scarcity all over the planet. Nowadays, some countries already are in this horrible situation where there is not enough water for everyone, but we imagine this scale on, on, on also on Western countries and the other countries of the world. So the story is the story of a group of survivors that can live with just two liters of water per day per person. Of course, for safety reasons, we had plenty of water. And if needed, we were there to provide more water for the people who need. But the idea was take the challenge and see whether it works, how it feels. If you have to choose, I will wash myself, I will wash my dish, I will drink, I will give more water to people that need more, or I will be selfish. You know, all this kind of struggle, ethical, and try to rebuild a society maybe with different uh, principle. And this basically was the part of the LARP. And it happened only because the location, let's say, kindly forced us to change our story. That's another LARP that actually sounds very interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, wh where do you see Chaos League going in the next year this is an art question because we are really going with the flow for now and we are just uh, freely sitting on the table and see whether our inspiration or imagination can drive us and then try to make it uh, affordable and accessible to, to people that are interested and then just go with the LARP something that uh, we are doing because we feel the need personally all of us is explain different format so we will never uh, abandon LARP because it's really really you know a, a huge love we f we feel uh, for this for this kind of, of of game but also we find very interesting to explore what is around LARP you know something that are LARP adjacent or LARP inspired or maybe different from LARP but there are something in there that is interesting for us for example I already told about RPGs but also we are interested in immersive experience you know the role play para role play activity for people that are not hardcore gamer also is something that is interesting as a design challenge you know uh, like in, invite pe to play people that are not that used to play uh, so we are for now we are explore all these things so i don't know where we will be in five years but i will i know for sure that we what we will be still doing in five years which is exploration and looking around for new adventure and new challenges so with 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 all of that in mind um what can you give my listeners any insight into like what your next big planned LARP is? So 2024 will be Sahara LARP expedition. We will run it six times. Is it will be a bit different for the original version uh, that also you played, Martin, uh, because we are changing a bit the schedule. We add one day more. And then we, we we remove this and we remove that and we redesign groups so it will be it will be different because uh, we we grow up we learn more in in uh, in this three four year and so we want to put our new knowledge new experiences in in uh, older project to make that up to date so it will be 
this one it will be run at three time in april and three time in october uh, then as i told you there would be other projects that are not um, uh, just LARP, but maybe also other format for example there will be um another tabletop role playing game that will become probably a kickstarter i think in one year one year and a half and this will be more um a game where uh, also would be more tabletop than first they came but we will still inject in it some more immersive or larpish element because we also like to play on on the time line and uh, also in 2025 we will come uh, with other surprises and other new larps uh, because we we realize that we need a bit of time to produce a larp as we really want so also from time to time some larp we were already played will come back to be available for people that miss it and also for us to have more time to do new larp and so there will be a new thing we are discussion on some location owner uh, we're a bit secretive about that because you know it's so not sure and so we don't want to to do fake news <laughs> but but we will for sure do something excellent so assuming that it runs what is next for you as a as a player with larp what larp i will play yes okay this is a problem i mean i i would i would play more than i play i still manage to play because i i, I like it and i and i think it's is so important as an organizer to to play other people's LARPs, to get inspiration, to talk with the other and stuff. So I, I think I will attend one of um, the Chamber LARP festival we have here in Europe, probably will be the Smoke in London. It's this kind of festival where you go, you spend uh, two or three days and you play two, three Chamber LARP per day. Those are very cool moments because you get to know to different games you play a lot of games in a weekend and chamber lab are very interesting in design wise and also you meet people also out of game which is always something that is missing during LARP because you are always almost always all the time in character then there were a LARP I wanted to attend I was late for the sign-in so I I wait maybe there would be some dropout and it's called um, Whisper Bay is doing by Carolina Soltis and David Owen and other Cobalt people. I'm forgot, so sorry, guys. And um, it is a sort of a small village file weird contemporary stuff. And uh, I think it's, it's an interesting lab. So I, if, if there will be some possibility to join the future, I think I will, I will try it. And then also maybe a couple of, of Italian LARP, but I still I have to check it on the calendar. But um, yes, playing is, is is the fuel for the engine, at least for me. Well, thank you very much for that. I think this has been an excellent discussion and I would love to continue this for hours, but unfortunately our time is coming to a close. So I would like to thank Alessandro again for joining us today. Thank you so much, Martin. Thank you for, for all the listener. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Uh, yep. So definitely thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. 
Um, our next episode is going to release in November of 2023, which will be the fifth episode of our fourth season. Uh, and it is going to be looking at um, uh, Ludo Sport or, or, or combat systems in LARP. Um, and it's going to cover specifically a few various different combat systems that are used in LARP and how, how they work uh, effectively with LARP or how they don't work effectively with LARP. Um, again, I'd like to thank Alessandro for joining me live on the show. I'm your host, Martin. Thank you for listening. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Mal Books. Additionally, we'd like to thank Lex Media for the use of their Fred Rothmel Memorial Podcast Studio. I'd like to thank Feedspot again for our inclusion of the uh, top five LARP podcasts. Please check out all of their links on our website, uh, adventure2innkeeper.com. Uh, 